0: Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Florio, he's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. Always happy to go out to the Brown and and celebrity line to be joined by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. You can follow him on Twitter at Pro Football Talk. Mike, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Thanks so much for taking a little bit of time. I know you are a busy man this time of year. I wanted to start out asking about the news from last night with John Gruden officially uh, stepping down, resigning, being fired, however you want to phrase this. Do you, is it your opinion that John Gruden would have continued to remain the head coach of the Raiders if we hadn't seen more of these emails released to the public?
1: Well, probably, but here's the thing. They knew about the emails. Gruden knew about the emails. The Raiders knew about the emails, and I think what happened was the NFL fired one shot and hoped that Gruden would realize that there were plenty more bullets to come, and he didn't. And in hindsight, his best move would have been to walk away after Friday's email came out, especially since the Raiders had received other materials and presumably what was leaked to the New York Times yesterday, presumably by the league, was some of those other materials. And Gruden should have realized that once those other materials came out, it would have been impossible to remain on the job. So he should have walked away. So I guess the hypothetical presumes facts that don't mesh with what we know, because you know what? If he would have walked away based on one, uh, we never would have found out about these other email messages.
0: Do you think that we're going to find out more now that we have seen these other emails and you'd have to imagine there's more stuff like this, whether it be Gruden or other people that have become intertwined with the Washington football team investigation? Do you think that stuff's going to be released or is the NFL going to keep that behind closed doors now?
1: Well, I've got two things to say about that. First of all, if John Gruden or his agent slash lawyer were uh, smart and thinking and planning and strategizing, they would have, before Gruden ever resigned, gotten a commitment from the league that no further Gruden emails will ever see the light of day. Because I believe the NFL was motivated to keep leaking those emails until he quit or was fired, and once he quits or is fired, there's really no reason to continue to leak the emails, so they should have agreed that we'll see no more of it. However... And I need to go back to July 1. July 1 late afternoon is when the NFL announced the outcome of a long standing investigation into the Washington football team allegations reality of workplace misconduct, over 100 people interviewed, 650,000 emails as we now know. And what happened was the punishment was announced but there was zero transparency. There was no report from the lawyer. The lawyer wasn't even asked to prepare a written report and that's unheard of. I practiced law for 18 years. If a lawyer is hired to do a report on a workplace misconduct issue, the lawyer needs to and wants to prepare a report so that everything is clear. What was found, it's there. It can be recreated if it ever needs to be in the future. And the the only reason that a written report wasn't created, in my view, was they didn't want it to be ever released, because I think if we saw the things that Dan Snyder was either accused of doing or admitted to doing, He'd have had to sell the team. And it wasn't about protecting Snyder, I think, as much as it was protecting other owners for a similar fate at some point in the future, if they're ever alleged to have done something they shouldn't have done, and if there's an investigation that happens because of it. So the bottom line is, they buried all of this stuff, like nuclear waste 300 feet underground, under layers of steel and concrete. And it stayed there for three months until they decided that they wanted to reach down in there and peel off a few pages and take down John Gruden. That, to me, is what is so sinister and bizarre and compelling about this. And this is not a defense of John Gruden. You know, you can look at this and say, well, I guess John Gruden's the only guy that ever did this. Or you could look at it and say, well, I guess they all do it. Well, you know what? We got 650,000 pages that would help people piece together what did or didn't happen, who did or didn't say things like this in communications with Bruce Allen. And my understanding is there's a lot of nervous people around the league because it's not like Bruce Allen only had two or three friends. So I think that everything should be released or all of Bruce Allen's emails should be released or, worst case scenario, Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen, their communications should be released.
0: Well, Mike, speaking of uh, revealing pages, I mean, this Rams relocation case feels like it's got an encyclopedia filled with documents that are going against the NFL. And now it's led us to your phenomenal reporting of St. Louis possibly getting an expansion team with this case. Uh, What what news or anything new has come up from this in the last couple of days for you?
1: Well, nothing, because frankly, let's think about when I reported this. It was Saturday. What happened Sunday? About, what, 14 games? Sounds about right. And then the Gruden aftermath. So it's funny. I got so many people emailing me, just fans, viewers, readers. What's the latest on the St. Louis lawsuit? Well, I don't know. There isn't anything. I haven't seen anything. And all I know is that while I was talking to people who know things about all sorts of things in the NFL, the conversation pivoted to the Rams relocation lawsuit. And, And I know I've spitballed about the possibility of an expansion team being the basis for a settlement because that's what happened in Cleveland when Art Modell was trying to move the Browns to Baltimore and make them the Baltimore Browns and the people in Cleveland didn't like it and they started to rattle the the litigation saber which if you've got legal rights that that you can advance so be it The settlement was, before we even saw a lawsuit, the settlement was that the Browns' name stays behind and Cleveland will have an expansion team by 1999, period. So now that St. Louis has the NFL on the run, and the metaphor I've used is they've got the tiger by the tail and they're pulling as hard as they can, the bottom line is anything is on the table, Everything is on the table, and people have asked me, "Well, what would it mean? What would the expansion fee be? Who would play? Who would pay for the stadium?" This, it's all, it's all negotiable. It's all subject to negotiation, and it's all driven by the leverage that the St. Louis plaintiffs have developed so far in this case, and they have a ton of leverage. They have a multi-billion-dollar corporation, or I mean, technically it's not a corporation, but you you get the point. A multi-billion-dollar business concern. They have them in a spot that they rarely are in and they don't know what to do and one way out of this and, and it's not happening anytime soon but at at some point the right way out of this may be to say you know what we will give you a team by twenty thirty two or pick a year and then you continue the negotiation from there as to who pays for the stadium who pays for the expansion fee who the owners would be and it's all part of negotiation
0: it's interesting, Mike. We're talking with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. So, I guess kind of the follow-up question for anybody here in St. Louis that hasn't been paying attention to this lawsuit, and there aren't many of those people, but if there are any that are listening, why would the why does the league feel like it is so important to avoid actually going to trial with this?
1: Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, when you start putting owners on the witness stand, They're not going to be good witnesses. And I know from when I practice law, you talk about executives, people who run businesses, people who are not used to submitting to any authority other than their own. They are not good witnesses. The best example I can give you is the film A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. And when Colonel Nathan Jessup gets put on the stand and is browbeaten repeatedly by Tom Cruise, he doesn't appreciate it. He doesn't want to have some snot-nosed punk asking him a bunch of questions. And most of these owners... Highly accomplished business people, they look down their noses at lawyers because lawyers get in the way of the things they want to do. They regard lawyers the way that Michael Scott regarded Toby, the HR guy in the office. They hate them. They hate them. Remember in 2011 during the lockout? Robert Kraft wanted the lawyers out of the room. So you've got Robert Kraft, you've got Jerry Jones, you've got Stan Cronkie. You're going to have a parade like the Seinfeld finale of witnesses who are asked aggressive questions they're not going to be properly prepared because the mere act of preparing them to handle those hostile questions may get people fired. You want to avoid that if you can, if you're the NFL. And and then on top of that, the jury hears all that, and that arrogance kind of seeps through collectively. Or a guy like Jerry Jones, who will talk in circles and eventually admit to everything without realizing it, <laughs> that gives up the, the GOAT as well, and uh, you end up with a huge damages award. So... Yeah, if you're the NFL, you want to try to avoid a trial. The problem is, if they come to the table now, and I know what I would do, I practice on both sides of the civil ledger as a defense lawyer and as a plaintiff's lawyer. And, you know, there's always a history of litigation that is a factor when it's time to settle. And my guess is the NFL's lawyers were very dismissive, condescending, and arrogant early on in the case. And now that the worm has turned and they're going to come creeping to the table to look for the plaintiff's lawyers to be reasonable, well, they're not going to be inclined to do it. And if the plaintiff's lawyers are skilled, and by virtue of the fact that they have the NFL where they currently have them, they must be, they're not going to fall for it. They're going to keep pushing. And the leverage is there. So if the NFL has finally emerged from its coma on this and is ready to try to settle, well, whatever it would have taken to settle it three years ago. It's going to be a lot more than that now. And I think that there are people in the NFL power structure who are dismayed by the fact that the lawyers didn't sound the alarm sooner. The alarm sounded when the ruling came down that multiple owners are required to produce financial information because enough evidence has been produced to show that there's a possible punitive damages award. That's what woke the NFL up. And it may be too late, to get the kind of settlement that they think they could have gotten at some point in the past. So, uh, you know, this thing's going toward trial unless there's a settlement that the NFL is willing to enter into. But at this point you got to get the plaintiff's lawyers willing to take less than whatever it is that they're looking for. And they should be looking for a lot.
0: Uh, Mike, final one from me. Is this the best outcome for the city of St. Louis in getting an expansion team? Or do you think something else could be gotten if this went
1: deeper into trial? Um, I, I, think, I think that the best way to get the expansion team, frankly, is to, um, is to take this thing to a, a judgment, take it to a verdict, get a gigantic verdict, and hope that what ultimately happens is Stan Kroenke tries to back away from his commitment to indemnify his partners. And, look, the, the NFL's lawyers would say that the indemnity arrangement where Kroenke is going to pay for everything – the verdict, the legal fees, everything, that it's ironclad. But, you know, if it's $1.5 billion and Stan Kroenke's got to write a check for that, he's got to come up with that kind of cash, he may tell his lawyers to try to find loopholes. And if there are some successful loopholes, that may be when the leverage kicks in to get the commissioner to say, look, let's just give these people a team and be done with it. So it's down the road, and I don't think it's anything that's going to be offered until the NFL sees the worst-case scenario play out, which would be, losing at trial and having a massive award of damages that would cause dissension among the owners.
0: Final question for me. We'll get you out of here on this one, Mike. And thanks so much for being so generous with your time today. If you were the, the St. Louis side in this case, is that the best case scenario or would you be more interested in the money side of things?
1: Well, here's here's the problem. and I, And I don't know anything about the financial arrangement that the lawyers have entered into with the St. Louis organizations. But usually what happens in a case like this, the lawyer takes it on a contingency. And it's very easy to figure out what the lawyer gets paid when you're taking 33% of a a pile of money. It becomes more difficult when the settlement is you're going to get a football team and that's part of what would have to be negotiated. What's the lawyer's fee? What payment will be made to the lawyers as part of this? And again, I don't know anything about that relationship, but it's a lot easier to negotiate dollars and cents than it is to negotiate specific things because the lawyer can't take, well, maybe the lawyer would like to have 33% of the team, but it probably wouldn't work that way. So, uh, that, that's what would potentially complicate things. But, uh, if I'm St. Louis I think I'd rather have the team, right? I mean, you're going to get the money, and, you know, you, you, you get, you know you, I don't know what you can do with the money, but you get a team. You got, you got an NFL team, again, you need a commitment to commit me that you have the team for 50, 75, 100 years. It's all subject to negotiation, but I, I, I think it would make sense, and it would be the closest thing to making yourself whole if, as a result of this litigation, you end up getting yourself a brand-new football team.
0: Is there anything I didn't ask you about uh, or Alex didn't ask you about that you think St.
1: Louis needs to know about where we're at with this? If, If there is, my brain at this current point is incapable of processing it, thanks to John Gruden and everything that's gone on the last 18 hours.
0: Well, Mike, thanks so much for hopping on with us. I know this is a crazy busy time for you. All the best. We'll talk with you again soon, man. All right, see you.